Welcome back to the Book Friends Podcast. This is our fourth episode of Motifs, Mo Problems. Um, we will be comparing the difference between the book atonement to the movie atonement. So enjoy this episode and toast, babes. shit yourself <laughs> i got fucking period gas yeah that's funny you say that because i just got off my period we're not synced anymore dude i know i was supposed to have my period last week and i didn't and i was like what the fuck and then all of a sudden today i just started cramping i had my period last week i'm still on our schedule damn fake friend fake friend end this podcast right now it's my Done. uterus Goodbye. only it's not my heart <laughs> it's just my uterus <laughs> Your whole body belongs to me. <laughs> what is that fucking thing on TikTok? Your little pussy belongs to me. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? No, bitch. Wait, hold on. Did you tag me in something? Me? No? Yeah. Oh. I'll find that sound, though. <laughs> oh, shit. Your little pussy belongs to me. Ew. I hate that. Okay, let's see if I can recreate it. Your little pussy belongs to me. <laughs> no, that guy's so scarier. It's like he's got his voice through a fucking... That's big yuck, dude. I fucking Plus, hate that. That's not even hot. What, what would you do if you, like, saw John this weekend and he was like, mm... Your little pussy belongs to me. I'd be like, who the fuck do you think you are, bitch? You're like, this pussy belongs to no one but me. (laughs) They don't even belong to me. You don't fucking listen to me. (laughs) She's her own woman. I'm my own woman. Fuck that. No. Ew, was that like a TikTok trying to be like sexy? Like one of those where they're like, what would you do if like whatever no i don't know where it originated from but people use it as a meme for yeah, sure i mean i would that's fucking yuck i Wait. guarantee you it was like a guy trying to be sexy oh for sure okay shall we dive <clears throat> into this movie yeah okay yeah <laughs> how what were your overall thoughts about the movie it was too although it was a two-hour movie i thought it was was no story too fast yeah like it felt like everything was so rushed i get that yeah it was like this is happening then this is happening then this is happening and then we're in this timeline and i'm like whoa and i guess it's because the book goes into so much detail that like you don't need an explanation of detail in a movie but it felt so rushed. But even at the beginning, it was just like, there's no background information. There's, mm-hmm. at least to the extent that there was in the book. Like, mm-hmm. there, you could have you could have done a lot with the time that you had and you spent two fucking hours doing this. You could have 
done the book scene by scene i feel because the way that they even showed the like three-person perspective between cecilia and bryony and robbie i was so confused at the beginning i think that if i had not read the book prior i would have been like what the fuck didn't that just happen like what you know like i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know i think there was a lot that they could have done that they didn't do and too much that they did that was unnecessary now i thought the movie was like visually beautiful like the scenes and the lighting and like the like when he's in the war and he's walking through the tulip field i thought Mm -hmm. that was great but the the way that they did it you're right it was confusing as fuck and what was weird too that i noticed is like when you're reading the book like when Bryony's looking out the window or like Cecilia's thinking about Robbie or like the fountain situation, you read like they have an inner monologue in the book. Yeah. In the and movie, they, they had really no inner monologue. That. So they're yeah. just staring out into the abyss and you have to like guess what they're thinking. If I had no knowledge of the book, I don't think I would have gotten the movie at all. I know. And because I feel like because of that, they have to over explain some things Mm -hmm. and it's like so one thing that got me was again that three-person perspective they first they show briny in the room Mm -hmm. she looks out the window she sees cecilia and robbie at the fountain and then cecilia grabs the vase and she runs away and and then briny like closes a mirror like Mm -hmm. a cabinet like a fucking medicine cabinet mirror and you see cecilia running through the woods and i was like why isn't she wet like she just got out of a fountain and then she was in the house and i was like oh she must have just changed but that doesn't look like the room where the vase is supposed to go yeah and then she takes this vase and goes outside and then you're like oh okay this is a flashback perspective yeah i didn't like it was weird the transitioning wasn't good at all no, because the way I think was it in the book, it was <clears throat> Cecilia first. It was Cecilia's perspective first, and then Bryony. I don't think so. I think it was Bryony first, because Bryony was writing the story, and she looked out the window, and she was like, "Oh, whatever." I'm embarrassed for Cecilia, and then I think it was Cecilia's perspective about going out to the fountain and blah 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 blah. No, I think it was Cecilia's because she was describing her relationship with Robbie and this vase. And then, hold on. Because another thing, while I'm looking for this, another thing too was about the play. That was a huge part at the beginning. That didn't get shit. Absolutely nothing. they, They talked about it for five seconds, but that was her whole, she was obsessed with this play. I mean, yeah, they showed her writing it, but she was obsessed with this. And the whole thing about it was she that's that was how I feel like Ian McEwen portrayed her obsession with fantasy. Mm -hmm. But they didn't show that in the movie like at all. No. No. Everything. And I get it. Like you have to make a movie. You can't put everything in the book. But for it being two hours, like you said, it could have been a lot more detail. Mm -hmm. And even 
the way they spoke to each other, didn't you feel like it was fucking rushed? Like, like the whole, um, when Lola and her arguing about who's going to be the lead for the play, it was like, oh no, I'm going to be the end. Da, 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 da. And even yeah. when Cecilia is talking, like Robbie will say something. She's like, no, shut up. It's like, why are so you talking fast. over each other so fast? Like it, it chill out. It's a fucking movie. Like, I don't know. Everything just felt rushed to me. Yeah. And hold on. Yeah, it was Cecilia first because Cecilia tells what happens in the chapter before Bryony starts her thing in chapter three. That was the end of chapter two. And mm. chapter three is when she comes in and she like rips up the poster and then she talks about whatever going into there because she's all pissed off and then she sees her sister and Robbie. But with that and the reason that like bothered me so much was because she <clears throat> i feel like they should have shown cecilia's perspective first to give us some background as to what Bryony was looking at because i think that would have made it easier for the viewer to be like oh now she's seeing it but yeah. she might not understand why they're doing that but i think what they were trying to do was be like what is she looking at and and what what's going on oh my god that's so crazy like what's happening out there and then we find out but i don't think it had the effect that it was intended to have no i wouldn't have got like because yeah you're right because when they show when briny's looking out the window and looking at robbie and cecilia she sees robbie like throw his hand out right we know that she thinks he's angry at her like he's directing but it doesn't seem like that you do yeah. it does not seem like that so like if we had no context I wouldn't know what the fuck's going on. I'd just be like, okay, well, they're in an argument. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it just yeah. didn't seem, it was I, weird. Yeah. Because if they, to me, if they had shown Cecilia's perspective first, Robbie was kind of like laughing whenever Cecilia like got out of the, or whenever she was upset about the vase being broken, he was mm -hmm. like kind of chuckling and whatever and making light of it. And he didn't seem too upset or whatever. But if she saw it and we then saw that he, she, it looked like he was being more aggressive and Cecilia was just pissed, I think that would have made a lot more sense. And after that, they don't even introduce who the fuck the cousins are. Like, they just show yeah. up out of nowhere. And yeah, and then they have that conversation where Lola's just like, oh, well, then I'm going to be Arabella. She's like, well, no, I'm going to be the director. Da, da, da. And it's like, oh, calm down, because we don't know where the twins came from. We don't know why they're there. Mm -hmm. All we know from just the movie itself is that Bryony wrote this play. She saw her sister and some guy at a fountain. Turns out the sister broke the vase. Excuse me, broke the vase. They got in an argument. And then there's a play rehearsal going on that the twins immediately decide that they don't want to be a part of and they want to go swimming. And it's just like, why is that how you introduce them? Yeah, like, there was no... It, Hermione's name wasn't even mentioned at all. So like, you didn't all. even know that that's fucking Emily's sister. You didn't even know that like it's really Emily. They don't ever call her by her name. And you don't need Jack at all. He's no. never mentioned. No, I mean, he's mentioned have... once when she's like, oh, father's whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they don't do the phone call. They don't do anything. Yeah. And she makes this big deal of like, oh, there was going to be a play, da, da, da. But like... We don't see that the play was that big of a fucking deal. Like, 
that I feel like that was such a big part of showing how fanatical she was and being like, mm-hmm. she's so obsessed with these things being perfect in her way that that little interaction of her being upset with Lola wanting to play Arabella only shows that Lola was being a bitch than it was to show that and like Bryony, she was like overpowering Bryony than to show that Bryony was like more interested in her own fantasy and right. the perfection of it and and why that shaped her why that was a major point into Robbie's conviction I don't think that that was relayed appropriately at all and that might be hard to say from having read the book and then watching the movie but I just mm-hmm. feel like also having that information from reading the book it's like if you're adapting a book into a movie you should be able to portray like all of that inner monologue somehow like Bryony could have been like what's going on she could have said something not just Anything. like if if she couldn't she couldn't portray it from her facial expressions mm-hmm. she just looked kind of like she was looking out to see what was happening and she was seeing something she wasn't supposed to be seeing yeah and then like even the scene to try to give you some context between the tension between Cecilia and Robbie it's just like her and Bryony laying in the grass and Bryony yeah. being like why don't you talk to Robbie anymore and Cecilia's like oh it's just that we run in different circles and then that's the extent of that it didn't seem like there was tension in there in no. between them and it also didn't seem like they were in love like no. I didn't get that at all and even the library scene didn't it I feel like she like it felt like Celia came out of nowhere with that like taking there was him no to build the up no and yeah. <laughs> The part where he's writing that letter, yeah, it it was kind of like, how do we know that he may have accidentally picked up the wrong letter, and why are we just figuring out when he writes the word "cunt," which they made very like big, yeah, that <laughs> that he liked her because in the book the way that he's writing this letter he he you can tell that he's like has feelings for her right but in the movie he's just sitting there and laughing and typing and throwing it away and at one point he reads out what he wrote which was just what the the last letter that he was supposed to put in the envelope Mm -hmm. you know what i think they thought was gonna tie that was like mm. after she jumped out of the fountain and left, he like went and put his hand in the water that she had just been in. I think that was their way of being like, oh, he wanted to touch where her naked body was or whatever. I didn't fucking get that. I just got that he was like reaching into the water. I was like, what the fuck is he doing putting his hand on the water? Are you fucking weirdo? Yeah, like, he's supposed to be like touching where she just was like on top because his hand didn't go in the water. It just like went yeah. on top of the water. I think it was supposed to be more like visual like you're supposed to like like artsy like you're supposed to get it but I didn't get it and there was no build up I wanted Leon to be hotter in my mind he was like yuck yeah a hot little twink who was like going around 
<laughs> he was supposed to be like a ladies man yeah he was not cute in the movie and of course benedict cumberbatch played the fucking benedict creep. cumberbatch i feel like he did it really well though i will give he him fucking that. did tell you what the nursery scene i thought was perfect i felt like it was, it was just yuck. from the book i like how they <laughs> i like how you can tell see i think that the actress that played lola did a really good job because you could tell she was trying to flirt with him i got yeah. that from that and he was obviously trying to flirt with her and like i don't know i just hold on let me I, i'm trying to look up who directed this joe wright directed it the screenplay was written by christopher hampton um who also wrote the father which came out in 2020 and dangerous liaisons in 1988 um, nothing interesting about that um i yeah i thought they did a really good job of that to show mm -hmm. the lead up to what happens to lola but i just i don't know it's just i really wanted to see him jizzing over her biting into the chocolate like because you know in i the book hated when, she... when he was like you have to bite it and i was you like have to bite <laughs> and she like bites it and like gushes and he's like see that's the filling in the inside around the hard shell or whatever but I thought you're right. I thought the actress who played Lola and Benedict Cumberbatch did it justice, did the book justice because they played it real creepy. And I liked that. And then they didn't, uh, men they, you see Danny Hardman one time, which I didn't know he was little baby Alfie. <laughs> He's Theon, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he was so cute but you see him once and then you're supposed to assume that he Cecilia raped. thinks he's creepy because she's yeah. like you can put the stuff what's funny too is isn't the reason he like hesitates putting the stuff in the room because Lola's there but Lola wasn't in the scene I don't or am know. I wrong I, I could can't be wrong. remember but she, yeah, she just is like, you can put that upstairs in the room across the nursery. And he's like, it's oh. the big one. It's the big They don't mention the aunt's name. They don't give the backstory about that. That's her room. Mm -hmm. The relationship between Cecilia and Leon didn't click, I think, as much as I wished it would have. Um, and I mean, we get Benedict Cumberbatch or Paul Marshall telling his fucking blah, 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 whatever. They didn't seem to, I mean, Cecilia seemed annoyed with it. Leon didn't, but I think he was supposed to portray that he was like yeah. kind of with Cecilia. Like, can you believe this guy? Like, but yeah, he's my friend, like whatever. Um, And then at the dinner, they didn't even like. The dinner was like two seconds. Bryony just got pissed off at fucking uh, Paul Marshall or Robbie. Robbie for no reason and it was it it was just out of nowhere and well, like okay. so after the fucking nursery scene they combine briny whacking the weeds because she's mad about the play which we didn't know about and yeah her meeting robbie on the bridge and the same thing he like in the movie he like calls her over because he sees yeah. her whacking the weeds 
he's like yeah. Briny, and he like cup he's like can you take this to cecilia like i can't give it to her myself or whatever and yeah. she just like takes off and then that's when he realizes he gave her the wrong thing or whatever but what i thought was interesting was she actually sees them like fucking in the movie essentially yeah she didn't she doesn't see I them saw, fucking in the book she just saw two figures one she thought was cecilia mm-hmm. and what looked like he was cornering her not that she he was inside of her in a library because that was pretty well shown mm-hmm. and i also didn't get the the sex scene wasn't like it was not hot it wasn't passionate there was no nothing and if she sees them fucking and it's just like i thought if i didn't know what was going on i would have thought she was upset that she was having sex with robbie robbie or she was having sex in general i would have thought that's why she was upset not that she was upset because she um thought he was trying to assault her because mm-hmm. then that would turn into him trying to assault lola right that's not what i got unless they were trying to say like he's a sex maniac because he was having sex with cecilia and he wants sex with lola yeah yeah also their kissing was weird right i didn't like it yeah i was upset i didn't like it yeah because it definitely when she's like cecilia it's it looks like it's because she got caught fucking and then at dinner, when Leon's like, oh, the hot weather is loose morals, blah, blah, blah. And Bryony's like, mm. It makes it seem like she's saying, like, I don't have loose morals. Like, I would never fuck in the library. Not like, oh, Robbie has loose morals because he's assaulting my sister. Yeah. And then the way they walk past her in the library, I was dying. I was dying. I was laughing so hard. I just... Because... Lola came into Bryony's room before this happened, right? Yeah. And Lola's upset because she had allegedly been assaulted by her brothers. And then Bryony's just like... (laughs) Allegedly. Mm -hmm. Bryony's just like, out of nowhere, she's not even comforting her. She just goes, well, can I tell you what I just saw? What I just read? Yeah. About, like... Da, da, da. and then out of nowhere it like cuts to lola being okay and being like so he's a sex maniac and she's just like yeah like wh- where would that mm-hmm. word even come or whatever and it's just like is what i'm saying it was to rushed believe. yeah you're supposed to believe he's a sex maniac because he's he wrote the word cunt but that it wouldn't make sense for her to there she's not given any like personality we just think that she's fucking weird or whatever but she's a 13 year old girl she has to know what sex is so Mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't think that it i don't think it was portrayed very well no that she was so obsessed with him being a sex maniac because everything's a fucking drama to her we didn't get that she didn't have a drama she didn't have a dramatic life she just kind of was like I wrote a play. They don't want to do the play. I'm mad at something. That's yeah. why I'm smacking the shit out of these things. They didn't show her being upset that the t- she couldn't get the twins to do the play. And like, 
I don't know. Yeah, it was really like it's the first half really rushed, especially the first half. I didn't, for it yeah, to it have been the background of the story. It was not the way they did the rape scene was so. I mean, I get it. You can't show much, but the book doesn't show much. Like it didn't. Yeah, show much. Like you could have done it, but it's the way that she like walks in gets scared of the ducks and then immediately shines her flashlight in like a bushel and you just see someone like and then like run away yeah. <laughs> so fucking weird no noise so weird lola's like when paul marshall runs away lola's just on her side not crying or anything mm-hmm. just silent and then she comes up to her and she looks up at her like she's just, just waking up from a nap I feel like if I was being sexually assaulted like that, I would be bawling my eyes out. I mean, everybody handles everything differently. Maybe she was in shock. But I have a feeling that... So the way they showed in the movie, Lola knew who it was. It made it seem like Lola knew it was Paul Marshall because when Bryony's just like, I saw him. And she's like, you saw him? She's like, yeah, I saw him with my own eyes. And then when she's like, it was Robbie, she's just like, so you saw him? yeah yeah so she was like it made it seem like she was thinking in her head paul's not gonna get in trouble for this because briny's gonna say that it was robbie and like whatever she's thinking because i don't know it was just well and they did at the at the super short dinner scene they did talk about the scratches Mm -hmm. and about how paul marshall was acting all weird about it yeah so this goes back to my theory from the book that Lola 100% knew that it was Paul Marshall because she had already had a fucking thing where she tried to fight him off the first time, which is why yeah. she left scratches on him. Mm-hmm. So this time, you're right. She like waited for Briny to give her an out so she didn't have to be the one to like, because who are they going to believe? A dumb little yeah. misplaced girl from the war or a grown man with his own fucking million dollar company. Mm-hmm. So this gave her an out. Yeah. Especially, they'd probably believe more that it was the the help. Correct. Yeah. So, I feel like, and then immediately she's there in the house with her. She's mm-hmm. like, we gotta get a doctor. And it turns into the scene where Bryony's like, and this is where everything changed. I was da-da-da she's giving her statements to the police and the way that the police are make it seem like she doesn't believe they don't believe her and even cecilia's like she's fanatical i wouldn't believe anything that she says yet somehow they still convict him well yeah because she like doubles down and then the letter like seals his fate but which is kind of how it was in the book yeah but even with that like i mean we haven't gotten to the jackson letter which that was just in her room they like why oh yeah would they say to who it may concern if it's in Bryony's room on her bed and yeah. like the way what was i gonna say um hold on we don't even know it doesn't even seem like he goes to jail and that's why he's in the army he gets well, he arrested later Mm. that's the thing is that like he gets arrested they show that scene 
and the next scene is like french countryside there and they're in the barn and he's in the army right so like if i hadn't known that he he tried to get out of jail to go to shorten his sentence i wouldn't have thought that he got arrested i would have been like well what the fuck happened did he got arrested what happened they he just joined the army afterwards like where is this coming from but like we're given that information in the book that like he went into the army to shorten his sentence and that plays a huge part into like his character too i think because if i hadn't known he was doing that i would have just thought like well one i don't know what i would have thought about how he ended up in the fucking army i would have been confused but i don't know like well it's not too far after the Frenchmen leave that he tells them that because he lays down to go to sleep and they're like, oh, you should, if you, if you know so much French, you should like rank up or whatever. And he's like, I'm not allowed to rank up if you've been to prison. So it's not like it's too far after that, but I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, we already knew what happened to him. And now, but I think it's that movie thing where they want you to like, be like, oh so that's what happened like keep you guessing but i think the problem with that is that there was already a part in the beginning of the movie where they were like we were like what the fuck is happening in between her in between briny seeing them fighting and then next thing you know we're like well what the fuck happened here with the with him getting arrested and then now he's in the army like i just think there were too many like what the fuck is going on moments for me to be like oh well that makes sense that's what's happening but again that's because we've read the book and we knew what was supposed to be happening so it might be different if we had watched the movie first and then been like okay this is how yeah they portrayed it this way instead of the other way so i don't know (laughs) the whole him being in France thing was super fast. They didn't even show like the bomb attacks. They didn't show yeah. the like shit on the side, like the caravans flipped over. They like got to the beach. They showed his wound on his chest, which yes. I don't remember it being in his chest. I thought it was like in it his was abdomen. On his, it was, but I think it was easier just to show that it was on his chest. Yeah. They the guy immediately throws his boots off. He gets the boots. He sees all these dead school children. And then like they're running because he's like i smell the sea i'm like wait whoa that was fucking fast yeah i thought for sure they they were gonna do like the bomb attack thing with the dirt yeah the amount of time that they spent on that one shot on the beach could have been spent on them showing him going through the countryside with these men and developing a relationship with them and what the war was actually doing like yeah bombing countrysides and because yeah i get that we get that it's we can understand from what they've shown so far that he's in the war he throws off his boots and you just see like this pile of like school children which was interesting to me because it's like why is just this pile of school children here like Mm -hmm. if they're in the middle of the fucking woods and how did they get there and then they show like these airplanes flying overhead and they mentioned something about them being bomb bombers or whatever. And then, yeah, they're at the beach. Like, all of that time you spent showing how many people are on the beach 
could have been spent doing something else. Like you showed it in the first shot. There were fuckloads of people on the beach. And the guy that he speaks with also says, there are 300,000 soldiers on this beach. You need to wait your turn. Yeah, that's it. That's all you had to do. You didn't have to show a fucking cinematic shot of soldiers suffering, singing, trying to have fun because they're ready to go home. Da, da, da. Like, yeah, we know that they're retreating. We knew that they were retreating. That's right. probably what they're going to do when they're getting ready to go home. But you don't show the ravages of the war except for a pile of dead children. Mm-hmm. And then like they're like, oh, we just really need something to drink. And they go to the bar. The RAF fight didn't really happen. A bar fight yeah. happened. They don't explain how one of the fucking corporals left. Yeah. It's just down to the it's two just of gone. Them. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, he can't find anything to drink. So he goes in the basement. And they're watching, like, a whole ass like movie. romance film yeah I and i guess that. i guess it was a way to show like how robbie's tormented because in the film it's like a guy making out with a girl or whatever like his long lost love and yeah. that's what robbie wishes he was doing but it's just really random and then he like runs out they barely talk about the gypsy woman and like him catching the pig in order to get the wine and the food he sees the gypsy woman as his mother <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she washes his feet and then boom, he's running out and he's like, yeah. I got food and stuff. Like, let's go. It's he's like, like I, and then he's like, I got to get back. I got to get back. And he's like, where, what do you mean? We're here. We're here. And he's like, I got to go. I got to make things right. And he's like, what the fuck? I think that scene with the gypsy is to be like, he's not okay. He's obviously dying. Mm-hmm. Like, cause he looks fucked up. That was one I thing I will give the movie is the as soon as he got as soon as he accomplished his mission of getting to the beach mm-hmm. you started to see his decline yeah. you started to see him losing it and yeah. i didn't think i i didn't get that in the book but it mm-hmm. makes sense when i watched it in the movie yeah so like even um i didn't realize in the book when he's talking about um searching for the perfect spot to eat and like it's just I've I've seen it before. It's around here. It's like a cafe. I didn't realize that it was him losing it. And Nettles is like saying, "Oh yeah, I know the spot." Only to comfort him. Yeah. He's comforting him the whole time. I liked how the movie portrayed that. Yeah. yeah, they did a really good job of being like because you could see his facial expressions and the way that he talked to him and the way that he's like caressing him mm-hmm. to comfort him in his last moments. And he's just like you know telling him to. I heard we're going to get out of here in the morning. Like, just, yeah. just rest here. Have some food because you need it. Da, da, da. Like, I didn't realize that he didn't fucking hear shit. He was yeah. just trying to tell him, hey, you know, we're going to get out of here. Knowing full well, he was dying. I and... wrote that in my notes, too. I was like, yeah. I was like, is Nettles telling him about the boats? Is that just another way to comfort him? Because I didn't realize that in the book. I like, how either. would he have heard that? Yeah. But I did, yeah, sense. I completely, and it makes sense how they showed in the movie that he takes his letters and shit, and that's how he ends up, that's how Bryony ends up knowing and, and writing in her book exactly yeah. what happened because they have these letters and because Nettle took them. And I was just thinking, 
Nettle was with him and that's how he knew what to tell Bryony whenever they were corresponding or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they did a really good job of portraying that. And yeah, it was, I mean, that, that part was really sad. And yeah, again, at the end, we don't actually realize that he's dead until she does the whole whatever in her interview. But yeah, um, yeah, they did a good job of portraying that. And then I but the, that. when Bryony becomes a nurse, that just kind of went from zero to 100. Like, oh, for sure. A second. And, you know, when Bryony has the whole like fake scenario, like, oh, you're a ward sister now. And Cecilia's like, yeah, I am. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I was thinking about it in the scene like when Robbie's thinking about everything, like when he saw Cecilia last, she is in her blue uniform, which indicates that she's a ward sister. I wonder if he wrote that down, like in one of his letters, and that's where yeah. Bryony got the like thing the, that she was a ward. That yeah. she was a ward sister. Yeah, but that's possible. It, yeah. And then in the when she becomes a nurse, it's like she's getting in trouble for giving her name, but it wasn't her. It was her friend in the book. Mm. But she's the one who's like hard to discipline. And she starts writing her book in the dead of night on a typewriter at the hospital. Yeah. Two figures by the fountain. Dude, the part, <laughs> the part where she's talking to the French guy uh-huh. and his brain literally falls out on the pillow i did not think that they were gonna show that at all i did not I mean, think i was on my phone during that part so i don't really I didn't what <laughs> i was like, like i'm bored i'm bored so i got on my phone i was like well, i know that she's gonna talk to him in french don't give a fuck like i'm fucking bored yeah i didn't goes, see that Dalis. he's like Dalis, my my dress yeah, i'll go back type. and watch that his brain literally falls out that's why she's like shaking like <laughs> wiping her face because she like pushed that shit back in and like tied it yeah. that was gnarly yeah, but other than that, that they didn't show they showed her carrying the stretcher they didn't really show her interacting with any other patients they showed like one nurse crying and i was like they showed that guy that was burned and then the nurse was crying in the corner but i mean if you're just I watching mean, the movie, you have no idea. Yeah. You're like, that's yeah. upsetting. I mean, yeah, I get it. That's upsetting. But yeah. I mean, maybe that's not something that needs to be shown in the movie, like that whole interaction maybe. with him. But even still, like, I feel like that's a big part of her growing up is mm-hmm. that she was so fucking fanatical when she was younger and we don't get that in the movie and we don't get to see that that development between when she was just this like obsessive drama queen to being um an adult yeah 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 so yeah and then whenever she goes to see robbie or or cecilia and robbie like i feel like she just kind of was just like okay i'm sorry like whatever like even though we know that she's she's like telling that in her version or in her story version she's like cool calm and collected but in the movie it seemed like she was just nonchalant and didn't care that he was so upset to me you know what i thought was a good way the movie did that apartment scene though 
<laughs> is like watching it instead of reading it, you realize that although Bryony, it's now been five years, Robbie and Cecilia look the exact same. That's true. I thought that was a good, like, imagery. Yeah. Yeah. Because how would she know what Robbie would look like older? She wouldn't. So she's picturing him as he was, but in his, like, army uniform. And she's picturing Cecilia as she was. So watching it, I was like, okay, I can see now that it's, like, fabricated because they look the exact same, but she's the only one who's changed. Right. Another thing I thought was weird was after the French guy thing, she goes down with the patients and watches like a war documentary about Paul Marshall and Lola meeting the queen. (laughs) Did you notice that? No. I thought that was weird. I was like, what a weird detail to add that wasn't in the book. Well, I wonder if it's to show, because in the book they show how he's like, so important and they're like giving grants to all these places all these charities and stuff and that's why they were leaving the library that one day in the book um well and i think it's to show too because jack tallis never sends a letter to her saying lola and him are marrying so that was her way of being like oh they're still together and then she finds out about their wedding and then goes to the church which the church was weird too the church was very weird and then when (laughs) When he's leaving, when they're leaving, they both recognize Briny and mm-hmm. she immediately has a flashback back to the rape scene. <laughs> and you just see like Benedict Cumberbatch like ugly, <laughs> like goblin on Lola with the light. And his white ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking vampire ass. And that's how she, that's what's crazy is that whenever she goes into the apartment and she's like, it was Paul Marshall. And she's like, well, how do you know? And she's like, I just know like yeah she's like well i just came back from their wedding and she married her rapist and it's like right yeah well that might be true that's like you didn't you after after you left the wedding you didn't actually get to tell them that right and like it's just so well, and they I'm don't walk her she... to the train they like make out yeah. in the window <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. then she's 77 and doing an interview for her book, which is called Atonement. I kind of, although I'm sad we didn't get to see the like hotel or like the trials of Arabella yeah. or like all of that. I did like the ending where she was just like not giving a fuck. And she's like, oh, you know why this is my last novel? Because I'm dying. And like, <laughs> let me tell you how I never got to atone for the biggest mistake of my life. And mm-hmm. how the whole world's going to know now. Like, whatever. I liked that part. I thought mm-hmm. it was, like, heartbreaking, kind of. Yeah, because in the book, like, you and I had the discussion of, like, did they actually die? Yeah. But, like, da-da-da. Like, but they make it very clear, like, he did, like, in my book, I gave them the ending that they should have had. And it's right. my fault that they didn't. But in the book, you're just kind of like, did they fucking die? I don't yeah. fucking know. So, no, yeah, I did. I did like that they made that. They made that clear. They could do that, but they couldn't yeah. fucking make anything else clear. So there are parts that I liked, parts that I feel like were more explained with the visual aspect than reading the book. But the overall movie, I don't think I would watch again. You know what's sad is that 
it has an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. And there's this one review that this guy says that it's, he says it's a really beautiful movie. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It is beautiful. But, But he said it was empty. Like he didn't feel like he was watching real living breathing people he's like it was just art direction like that's all that it was percent and he says it's he's like the entire story was just condensed into the trailer and he had never read the book but he said nothing that happened surprised him besides what he knew from the trailer and he said instead of filling up the running time with more character development they got a run of some very, very pretty images that added up to a lot of pretty images that never got around to affecting me on an emotional level. Well put. That's how I felt. I felt like when they're just staring into space and the light's hitting their face, I'm like, okay, but if you didn't know their inner monologue like we knew from the book, you would have never guessed what they're thinking. Like, it's just like a pretty imagery shot of like, the light hitting her face and her watching the fountain but you don't know that she's upset that she thinks that her sister is being fucking abused by Robbie like you have yeah. no idea but I do this... think that the scenes were beautiful they were well shot just yeah. the story what the, the screenplay wasn't good that review was by Jason Adams by the way on my new shout out audience. Jason Adams <laughs> Uh, but yeah I think he explained that extremely well there was no character development it was it was a beautiful movie but it was not like he says it was not devastating it wasn't there was no personality to the characters yeah there exactly there was no substance there was no development there was there was nothing to make me feel like I should empathize with any of those characters like why the fuck do I care that she didn't atone for that like fuck did she do yeah, she fucking put him in jail, but I feel like I would have been more upset that she was the one who put him in jail, where in the movie, it just makes it seem like she really just didn't know who it was, and then she found out who it was later, and and not because she may have been in love with him at some point, and that fed into her fantasy of, or her, her bias against Robbie and him not returning her, her crush or whatever, yeah. like, I just didn't feel that it didn't feel like a love story to me there for yeah for as long as it was I don't think that it was done very well I don't know I mean apparently a lot of people really like it it was an award-winning movie and I don't know if that was just because of the visuals or what but um let's see I would Um, much rather reread the book than I would rewatch the movie yeah I think I agree it won best production design and it won a golden globe for best motion picture but i feel like it may have won that because whatever else was in the category is wasn't that great yeah Um, and because you have an award-winning author who wrote the book and the book is is good in that Mm -hmm. sense of i mean compared to the movie the book was great yeah and i didn't i didn't like the book that much um but I also don't like historical fiction. So I, but I get when you read like the, the book club questions that people have about the book, it does give it a lot more depth and I, and I can sympathize with that and you yeah. know, how his writing style goes. But I just don't think that you don't get a story out of atonement other than 
somebody fucked up at one point and then he went to war and died that's it yeah it it wasn't moving (laughs) yeah you know what else is sad is that the same guy that directed this also directed pride and prejudice pride and prejudice was bomb as fuck bomb as fuck so maybe it was just a screenwriter maybe that's what i'm gonna say that's what i'm gonna say like the scenes i think were well shot it was just like the story was not well put to transition into a movie yeah you would have to have like i feel like if they were gonna redo it you'd have to enter some sort of internal monologue for the characters and you would have to give things that needed more time the time it it needed to fucking like you can understand what's going on like the whole dinner scene was supposed to set up the tension it was supposed to set up the tension before they all went and searched for the twins and right. that dinner scene was two fucking seconds. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, you're right. There was no tension. There, I mean, oh. so the movie not so great. I did like, like I said, some things were explained, but other than that, was not a fan. James I McAvoy think... though can fucking get it. He oh, was hot. God, he was hot. Holy shit, he could die for me any day. It'd be fine. This person from the New York Times wrote that they they felt that it wasn't a bad literary adaptation, but that it was, again, too pretty, uh, too handsomely shot and Britishly acted to warrant such strong con- condemnation. So for everybody saying that they love it, he's like, do you just love it because it's pretty? Um, yeah. He says it's just, he said it's almost a classical example of how pointless and diminishing the transmutation of literature into film can be like sometimes a book is just better than the movie like it doesn't need to be turned into a movie to a a great piece of work might not translate well and again i feel like atonement didn't translate well because Mm -hmm. like you said there's no inner monologue like what i was trying to say the other day when i was like book not same as movie the fucking (laughs) (laughs) we are told what the characters are feeling in a book we're not told what they're feeling in a movie so if they're thinking like like briny like oh my god he's assaulting cecilia if we're not told that we don't get to see that in the movie mm-hmm. like to me that was only portrayed as like what the fuck is happening not like right oh my god he's fucking crazy and assaulting my sister like what do i do that's yeah yeah i didn't get that at all so yeah i didn't like the movie i didn't like the movie either too long for my taste for for no story and that's no sad shade on of... james mcavoy though because <laughs> <laughs> my god he i he did really well and you know what i don't know what to say about kira knightley because mm. i don't know that she did a fantastic job but i also think that that's just how british actors are no, Kira Knightley is really good. Like, I you should watch Pride and Prejudice. Is she in Pride and Prejudice? She is. She's Elizabeth. She's Lizzie. And she's really good. But I don't think the movie gave Cecilia depth, so therefore she had no depth to go on. Yeah. I think they tried to rely mainly on the how beautiful it was, like the cinematography of it. Right. I think that's what they try to rely on compared to like I think 
it was art too artsy like to an extent to where they were trying to be like you'll understand if you understand why we shot it this way and why the characters are doing specific things but like just like the book you have to be super analytical to really get it Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's easier done with a book than it is with a movie true anyway well that's the tea sis that's a motif some mo problems baby yeah lots of problems oh motifs lots of problems (laughs) (laughs) i do want to read his other one there was a um i think there's a movie i think he made the cement garden into a movie Mm. i saw something about the cement garden the other day yeah it was made into a movie in 1993 i want to read that one because that's supposed to be like a gothic fiction Mm. it's on netflix supposedly i found another book (gasps) in the um dollenganger series by dc andrews it was at half price the other day and i got petals and thorns or whatever or if there be thorns and petals on the wind Mm -hmm. so those were the remember there was the three in the trilogy i found one more it's in my catalog i catalog my books look how cute Um, you are have you stamped them yet with your stamps no because i don't have my stamp um i've only cataloged 264 damn that's not including all of my agatha christie which i have about a hundred and then um, my other like books that don't have barcodes on them because they're so old and that doesn't include my manga which apparently i have 72 okay damn um was it this one i think i think i just got if there be thorns anyway it's i think the last one in the bc andrew series and I was reading the summary and I was like, well, that's not what I was expecting. Don't so, tell me. I'm interested to see. I'm interested to finish reading. I need to read the next two. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to download them on my Kindle. Garden of Shadows I just got, which is supposedly book zero. That might have been the one that I just got. Um, that is the one that I just got. And then Flowers in the Attic, we read. Petals on the Wind is the second one. If There Be Thorns, I just got. And then Seeds of Yesterday, I also just got. That's the final one in the series. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I saw this. a shitload of the Christopher's Diary in this one bookstore we went to. Yeah. They had the mass market paperbacks. Bitches wanted $8 for them. I was like, no. This shit this big. I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm interested because she didn't write that, right? It was her ghostwriter. Andrew. Yeah, something. I think so. Andrew. I, see how he... <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to that episode today when you were just I was like, it's her ghostwriter, Andrew. And you're like, Andrew's VC. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. 
so next we're gonna watch the flowers in the oast <laughs> good segue into that we're gonna watch the flowers in the attic movie did we decide we we're gonna watch the new one my mom wants to watch the old one so we're gonna watch the old one yes because okay. right. surprise my mother will be our guest on the next podcast she's very excited <laughs> Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening to us bash atonement. The movie was trash, but uh, not James McAvoy. Let's get that clear. <laughs> and if you liked the movie, okay, if you liked the movie but didn't read the book, tell us why you liked the movie. If you liked the movie and you did read the book, tell us why you liked it. <laughs> if you didn't like it, tell us why you didn't like it because I'm fucking curious. I want to know why people have loved this movie so much and why it won so many fucking awards are we stupid yeah. are we unintelligent probably i don't think probably. so oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm all probably <laughs> one of my really good friends got a degree in film and he probably doesn't fucking like it actually you know what i'm gonna text him and ask him yeah you should ask him right and tell us on the next episode i will i'll give you an update give me i'll update. make him watch it and be like what'd you think was it shit like- visually it was amazing all right we'll see you all next week whenever we hopefully not bash flowers in the attic because i loved that book Uh, john was reading stephen king's book um, on writing which is just stephen king talking about writing and he he loves that book he's obsessed with it highlighting it and everything Mm. he said he sent me this picture from the book of Stephen King talking about V.C. Andrews and Flowers in the Attic. And he asked me if I agreed with it. Let me find it. Okay. Text so much. Okay. So this is what Stephen King had to say about being a fucking asshole. Um, nope, that was not it. It's another thing he said. Okay. Um, so this is from the on writing book says one learns most clearly what not to do by reading bad prose one novel like asteroid miners or valley of the dolls flower in the attic and the bridges of madison county to name just a few is worth a semester at a good writing school even with the superstar guest lecturers thrown in Hmm. and he goes do you agree with this book about flowers in the attic he's like do you does the writing need some work he's like not the story but the writing no i thought the writing was perfect i was like yeah there might have been some times when she over explained stuff for no reason Mm -hmm. but like i don't think it was bad i enjoyed it i enjoyed it for it being a young adult book i thought she did well presenting the story and making me feel this that and the other and having legitimate concerns about the incest between the kids yeah knowing it's but like i don't know i because it's writing like i guess it looks maybe i was immersed the way she explained it felt like i was in the attic i was was a fan and like i don't know if it's because she was writing before stephen king was writing this is an old she's an older author she's i mean and because she's technically in the horror category because it's gothic horror she's Mm. and like psychological thriller maybe he's expecting specific things compared to what we were expecting again we're not writers so i don't know what they're looking for but apparently he didn't think that it was good prose and i was Mm. like 
I really liked it. And I know a lot of people really like the Bridges of Madison County. And I know a lot of people really like Valley of the Dolls. So I don't know what he's looking for. Hmm. Maybe he explained it more in the book, but I just Let's thought that, that was interesting. Uh, oh, excuse me. Anyway, next huh. week, Flowers <laughs> in the Attic. Watch it. 1987. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how much we probably really like it or hate it. Actually, I'm probably going to watch both. And compare I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say yeah. the same thing. I think I'm going to watch both. <laughs> I'm going to watch the old one with my mom because she's like obsessed with that. That's how she first saw it. She didn't even read the book back then. She watched the movie and she loved yeah. it. And then she read the book and she was all pissed off because it wasn't satisfying at the end. And when I said I wanted to watch the new one, she's like, no. We need to watch the old one. And I was like, okay, we'll watch the old one. But, but see, I think I'm also that's watch a good the new one. I want to watch both. That's mm-hmm. a good perspective to have because, like you were just saying now, like we read the book first before we watched this movie. Right. We didn't like the movie. Maybe it'll be different with us watching Flowers in the Attic. Are we going to feel the same way? Or are we going to agree with your mom that, like, the movie gave it a little bit more satisfaction? Yeah. 100%. So, I'm interested. I'm interested to see. So, I'll be good. Yeah. So next week, we're going to be coming out with another Motifs, Mo Problems, Flowers in the Attic. And follow us on social media, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at BookFriendsPod, Twitter's at BookFriends underscore pod. I don't know. Look us up on Twitter. It's something like that. Email us if you want to tell us how shitty we are, how stupid we are. That's totally fine. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Wow. wow.